Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. After another week of the rumor mill continuing with Spurs' next manager yet to be announced, Spurs face leads in what we've forgotten happens, football actually played on the pitch. Today I'm joined by Oscar from All Leads TV to talk team news, predictions and a whole lot more ahead of this game. I'm Matt Hayes and you're listening to the Tottenham Fan Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Matt Hayes Tottenham blog and to the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast brought to you by the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. Join the team or find the next show you love at www.sport-social.co.uk. But look, enough of that stuff. Let's bring in Oscar from All East TV. Oscar, absolute pleasure to have you on today. How are you getting on? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. Um, I pretend I didn't see the team news going into this game in terms <laughs> of injury, our injury crisis, which is upon us yet again. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. It's a strange time really to be a Leeds fan because obviously the last couple of seasons, this time of the season has been a really dramatic for us. You know, if we've had heartbreak, we've had absolute glory. So it's just interesting, really, the last four games. There's not a lot rising on, the, on it for us now. You know, there are slight hopes of Europe, they're completely disappeared now. There's no chance of that. Um, so, yeah, not much pressure, to be honest, mate. I feel feel good going into this. It's going to be a really tough game, but um, I just hope we can express ourselves. That's all I'm hoping for. I think that's the that's a big fear for Spurs, the fact that Leeds are going into this game with not much pressure, not much riding on it, just going out and enjoying the, the last few games of the season. But look, you mentioned team news there. And before we get on to the Leeds one, uh, at the time of recording, there's no team news out for Spurs yet. But from our last game, Ben Davis is the only confirmed absentee. He's been out for about seven weeks now with an ankle injury. I don't think there are any uh, fresh injury concerns, but I'll put down in the, I'll pin a comment saying if there's anything updated since we've recorded. But Oscar, you've touched on it there. Um, the Leeds team news, it's it's not good, is it? No, no, it's um, if you, if ever there was two players who you don't want missing, it is Calvin Phillips and Rafinha because you saw what happened last week against Brighton. Brighton completely pressed us off the pitch. They outpassed us. They outmaneuvered us. They created numerous opportunities. We just didn't have any kind of cutting edge to us without Rafinha on the pitch. We had no kind of magic. We didn't really have any control without Calvin. So it was a massive blow for us, mate. And obviously going into this game, we know Helder Cost is definitely out, but to be honest, Helder Costa's been hit and miss all season, to be honest. That's not a massive blow, but Rafinha and Phillips are doubts. I think it's very, very difficult for us to get a result here, to be honest, without those two players on the pitch. And if we can get a result without those two players, then it's amazing confidence for us. But um, it's definitely 100% advantage Spurs going into this one. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. If there's two players Leeds didn't want to be missing for, for not just this game, for any game, it is uh, Phillips and Rafinha, two players who have definitely caught the attention of, of Spurs fans this season. But I suppose what we'd be wondering is what players do you think could be stepping in uh, to, to fill the void left by those two? Well, against Brighton, we had... Um, well, we, we, we kind of changed the system. We have Stuart Dallas played in Rafinha's position, who basically plays everywhere for us. He is our utility player, but he's a lot more than the utility player. He's, a, he's one of our most consistent players. He played on the right 
wing against Brighton. It didn't work. It didn't work, to be honest. So it wouldn't surprise me if Ian Pervader potentially comes in, a young kid from Man City who signed about 18 months ago, yet to make a real tangible impact so far, I'd say. But he looks promising. There's, there's nice signs about him, but he's not Rafinha. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the trouble um, for us. I and mean, obviously Harrison and Bamford are out of form. So it looks like Pervader's going to have to come in and try and be the difference maker. But it's a very tall order. In terms of Calvin Phillips, that one's probably a little bit more certain who comes in in, in his place. It will probably be Robin Cock who keeps his place in that holding midfield role. Traditionally a centre-back, German international, but has played there numerous times. He did okay against Brighton, but again... He's not Calvin. There's a big drop-off in that kind of sense. And that's and it's like that for any team kind of outside the top seven. When you're missing your two or three best players, the drop-off is massive. You've seen it with so many teams this season. Aston Villa without Grealish, Newcastle without Sam Maximan um, and Wilson. You know, you've seen it with you've seen it with a lot of teams this season in terms of the, the drop-off when you are missing your best players. And Jimenez at Wolves as well. So mm. many different examples. And, and we're no different. And we shouldn't be expected to be any different. So we're going into this game as second favourites. There's no doubt about that, but there's no pressure on us. And it's an opportunity for people like Robin Cock, Pervader, to really showcase their ability. And that's something, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're looking positive at it, to look forward to. But there's a lot of holes in the team at the minute. There's a lot of players out of form. It's only really defensively where we look solid at this moment in time, to be honest. Yeah, and the point you just made there was what I was going to bring up with the likes of Ian Paveda uh, potentially stepping into to play. It's a chance for him to prove himself. You know, like you said earlier, there's not much pressure. It's it's kind of a a free hit for Leeds, and Paveda coming in, lacking that pressure, can kind of, kind of express himself a bit more and and really show what he is made of, which is is a bit of a concern for Spurs um, with the the way our defense has been. Even Sergio Regalan on poor form in the in the last couple of months. But just to touch on Short Dallas there, any Spurs fans who don't know him, I would describe him as the Leeds' answer to James Miller. I know, of course, Miller played with Leeds, but uh, in, in this season, he's he can play anywhere. And when he does play there, he, he certainly does a, a very good job of it. But what I wanted to talk about as well was uh, Leeds' form. Now, your, your recent games certainly haven't been easy. You've played the likes of Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool um, in, in recent weeks. But I, I think the form you've been on to some extent is... It's kind of the same as what you've seen all season. It's just so inconsistent and you never really know uh, what, what Leeds team you're going to get. And you, you went out a run of three victories, uh, away to Fulham at home to Sheffield United, then, of course, away to Manchester City. Since then, you're without a win in three, drawing with Liverpool and United. And then, as you mentioned, losing to Brighton. Do you think we're in a position where you just can't look at Leeds' recent form uh, in terms of predicting a game because you never know which Leeds is going to show up? It's hard, isn't it? It is hard with this Leeds team sometimes, but... I think the big drop-off in form has been whenever Calvin and Rafinha haven't been in the team. I think up to the Bryson game, we'd obviously gone six unbeaten, which is probably our most consistent run of the season. But yeah, look, this is Leeds at the minute. Yeah, We are not absolutely fully there as a Premier League team, but we'd be, we've had a superb season. We're, we're a good team. There's no doubt about that. We will give anyone a game. We've shown that all season. Defensively, we're a lot more solid. We've tightened up the midfield a little bit. Yes, it's lacking a bit of creativity maybe, but yeah, it, it's just the nature of, of what we are. A newly promoted club, we are going to have the odd disappointing result against Brighton. I don't. It might sound a bit deluded, this, but I don't think we lose that Brighton game with Rafinha on the pitch or mm. Phillips on the pitch. I think it makes it a lot more difficult for Brighton you know, to try and press us and kind of suffocate us to an extent and, and play Brighton kind of, did what we do to teams if that makes sense it, it, it was it was it was difficult you know when you're on the receiving end of it you know it says a suffocating 
um, the opposition in that lot. And and that's what 100% what Brighton did to us. But in other games, you know, against the top teams, City, Liverpool, Manchester United, we've been competitive. And we've and we've been good credit for our you know the results we got. We, we, it's not like we've been really lucky. Melier's pulled out wonder saves and kept us in the games. We, we have actually more than matched these teams. You know we have really matched them. Obviously, City we had, we went down to ten men. We had to change approach a little bit. And I do expect, I do expect it to be tighter than the first game, um, unless you score early. I think if you score early, we're in a bit of bother then because obviously you got Son, Bale, Kane on the counter. A bit like that game in January when you got that early goal, it kind of killed our momentum. Um, so I do think it'll be tighter because I think we've tightened up as a team. I think we we give mm-hmm. less space in behind. Urente's come in, had a big, big impact. So <laughs> we're still inconsistent, but we're gradually getting more consistent, if that, <laughs> if that makes sense. We're <laughs> gradually getting a bit more reliable in terms of results from week to week. I don't think that would resonate more with the fan base other than Spurs fans, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. Exactly. With, with exactly. the way we've gone. And look, on, on that point about the Brighton game, uh, I've actually just, as we're recording this, I've just uploaded a video. Um, Spurs potentially, uh, the players want Graham Potter as their manager. And a point you've made there is very similar to a comment on, on my video from Darren Fearon, who said they have a lot of average players, but they dominate teams with an average midfield. And with Calvin Phillips in there, you'd imagine that's a very, very different story for Brighton. You know, I, I always come back to it with Leeds, with Golo Kante saying earlier in the season that he's never had a such a, a physically demanding game as he did against Leeds with the, the kind of energy in that midfield. I think you have to, uh, you really do have to take notice of that. But you, you touched on the game there earlier in the season, which of course um, Spurs won by three goals to nil with goals from Kane, Son and Toby Alderweireld. But but in, in the build-up to that game, I, I did video with you and I did uh, with, on your channel with, with Joe as well. And I know Joe was saying this, I'm not sure if you were to the same extent, but he was saying even in the weeks and months building up to that, the, the game against Spurs was the one that he feared because of the way we played and how that could kind of work against how how Leeds play, given how much has changed since that game in um, in January, is that fear still there from the Leeds fan base? Or are you looking at this as, you know, unbeaten against the traditional big six sides at home, that that freedom Spurs is declining for him or, or loss of manager? Are you, are you more confident coming into this game? It's a hard one because obviously Mourinho getting sacked, I, I'll be honest, I was probably more confident um, with Mourinho in charge because obviously the way Tottenham have dropped off since we last played, um, obviously, you're not really, you weren't really getting the maximum out of the attacking talent. I think obviously Son and Kane both dropped off a little bit in terms of the goal goals per game and that lot. And there wasn't really any other goal sources. I think obviously Bale's come in now since Mason's took charge. He's kicked on again. He looks like the old Gareth Bale to an extent. Mm-hmm. He looks, and that's such a threat. It is Bale, Son, Kane that I'm looking at and thinking, dearie me, that is going to be. A really, really tough battle stopping them. So it'll be a different game because I think obviously under Mason, I saw a bit of your game against Sheffield United. It was pretty clear they were looking to press and play more on the front foot. You were creating more chances. You were letting Son, as I said, Son, Bale, Kane have a little bit more freedom to express themselves. You, know, you saw the goals you scored in that Sheffield United game and that's the quality you've got. So that's a big worry. You know, we could, we could be absolutely superb defensively in this game. We could be fantastic for 90 minutes. But with these kind of players, that front three, there's nothing you can do. If they're on it, there's absolutely nothing we can do. Because for me, at this moment in time, obviously you talk about Salah, Firmino, Mane, obviously City with Mares, um, the false nine and Foden and that lot. I still think actually this Spurs front three is probably the one you look at and think, if you want a front three to get your goals, this is it. This is probably the best for me. And I would genuinely say that. I think um, 
I think from that point of view, that's why Tottenham are still in that top four hunt for me in terms of the, the form of those players. So it's going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, I've got so many game changes on that pitch. Um, Hoiberg's a player I like a lot. To be honest, I do like him a lot. I thought he really took control of the game early on at, at um, White Hart Lane earlier in the season. Um, mm. I think he, he was superb in that game. I think Winks played alongside him, wasn't quite as impressive. But um, Lo Celso, it sounds like, will probably play alongside Hoiberg based on what he did against Sheffield United. So that's a more creative midfield. And it's a more front foot team. But with that, hopefully we'll get chances going the other way. <laughs> but of course, we've got Rafinha in that lot missing. So I'll be honest, mate. I don't know what we're going to get here. I, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham absolutely thrash us like you did Sheffield United. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a close game, it's a nil-nil, if it's a 3-3. I do not know what's going to happen here. I think obviously we went into that Man United game, Liverpool game, City game, with a reasonable idea about what was going to happen. This one is the unknown. Mason is still, this is his fourth game in charge. Yeah. He's still trying to you know, suss out this team a little bit. Obviously, good start so far. It's very difficult to tell, tell you what's going to happen, but I will say my confidence going into this game is less than what it would have been had Mourinho still been in charge, personally. Well, look, that, I mean, that's good to hear if a, if a team is uh, afraid to, to play us. I'll, I'll always yeah. take that. And look, you touched there in the Spurs front three, which is, again, always good to hear someone praising us like that. We'll, we'll get your, your thoughts on Spurs a bit more in a second. But, you know, you mentioned there, it's just so unpredictable. That game against Manchester United uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I looked at that game. And if someone had said to me, pick one result that will not come out of that game, I would have said nil all. Because you're looking at two of the, the teams with the the highest scoring games for, for the entire season. I think, was it in Europe's top five leagues? Definitely in the Premier League, but potentially even more than that. For that game to finish in a I think it was is... 80 goals both teams have been involved in already this season. It was something crazy like that. That's, that, that, that's baffling, like how, how something like that can happen. It really is. And I, I was speaking to a Spurs fan at work the other day, and I said, if someone had said to me right now, the game on Saturday was going to finish 4-0, I would have believed you whatever way you said it was going to go because of the way these two teams have been on, uh, so unpredictable. I'm not going to sit here and predict uh, a 4-0 defeat for Spurs, but honestly, anything can happen. I think this is the beauty of football, and this is why uh, this game on Saturday is going to be um, so outstanding. But look, if we can't predict it, I don't think we're going to go in uh, too much into into score predictions. But I want to get your thoughts on on the season for Leeds. You know, uh, a, a newly promoted side, it's been it's been such a long wait for you getting back into the Premier League. You've had a few close calls and finally got there uh, with Marcelo Bielsa turning so much around. You've had... I would say more than comfortable, uh, more than a comfortable season. Like you said, you were in the hunt for Europe. Is there any kind of worries or any anything that you're upset about this season or has it just been uh, a fantastic journey being back in the in the big time? It's been an amazing journey. Obviously, there's been the odd disappointing result, obviously the Man United 6-2, a couple of thrashings early in the season, but they've become less and less and less as the season's gone on. We've developed, we've learned, I think we've grown as the season's gone on. Um, maybe it's been a little bit less easy on the eye second half of the season, but still good. Still very, very good in that respect, but not quite as breathtaking as it was in the first half of the season. I mean, it was, the, the amount of goals in our games was just incredible up until like the turn of the year. It was incredible. I think it's almost like we were averaging like four or five goals in our games kind of thing at the start of the season. It was just it, it was chaos. It was absolute <laughs> chaos at the start of the season. But when it went your way, my word, it was lovely to see. But um, but yeah, I think I think we've grown as, as the season's gone on. I think we we've had tough moments, but I think it's been a superb season. The the, the new signings have been a big hit. So obviously, Rafinha's come in. Um, Robin Cops come in. Urente. They've had a good impact on the team. Certainly, Rafinha. Melier's 
adapted to the league very, very well. Um, a lot of the players who were stars of last season, Aylin, Harrison, Bamford, you know, KP, Calvin Phillips, they've all adapted to the league fine. There's been mm -hmm. one or two players who have been a little bit disappointed by in terms of not quite getting to this level. Um, and yeah, I, I still think there's a lot there's a lot of work to do in the summer, you know, if we want to kick on or even equal what we've done this season because that's no that's not easy. You know, yeah. <laughs> finishing the top half in this league is not an easy achievement. You know, you see a lot of teams finish one season in there and then drop away again. So we've just got to make that, sure that's is, not us. Is that a dig at Sheffield United? Well, <laughs> it, it kind of, it is, but it, it wasn't be. intentionally. It, it actually wasn't. I was thinking Sheffield United, Burnley a couple of years back, mm. um, Wolves this season. You know, it's so yeah. easy to slip back down and all of a sudden you need in wins to, to stay in the league. So, no, it's going to be interesting next season. I'm really excited for this summer because obviously the calibre of signing we can now target. Can we keep hold of the key players? Can we keep hold of Rafinha? That's going to be a difficult one. I'm 50-50 on that because he's such an amazing talent. Um, mm. Calvin, I'm more confident of keeping. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, mate. I think obviously the tough thing is, it's obviously next season if we start badly, it's a different it's a different mindset then. You know, it, it feels a lot worse than what it actually is. So it's important to keep perspective at this level. I think in the championship, when you're used to winning every week or expecting to win every week, it's a whole different mindset when you're kind of going into half the games kind of saying, well, not necessarily I take a draw, but thinking a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world here. You know, it's a totally different mindset. So we've got to get used to that. But yeah, I think I think we're I think we're really well placed. I think we've had a good season. Bielsa should be in the running for manager of the season. He's obviously not going to get ahead of Moyes or Pep. Um, I don't think there's or even Tuchel in terms of second mm. half of the season. But he's done an absolutely superb job. There's no doubt about that. And it's just a shame the injuries we've had. You know, you look at the start of the season. Rafinha didn't play the first. I don't think he started until the ninth or tenth game of the season. So you think of all that lost time almost where he's not been in the team. So the progression's there, mate. I think we're fifth or sixth in the form table since the start of the new year, since we played you guys. I can't argue that. <laughs> it, it is so refreshing to, to hear that positivity and that kind of, uh, it is a breath of fresh air because there's not much positivity around the world of football or around the, the world in general, general now. So it is good to, uh, to hear that positivity. And as well, I've always had a soft spot for Leeds. So especially coming from a Leeds fan, um, I, I did quite enjoy that. But look, I was on uh, with Hal and, and your good friend Hal and, and Nick and Sheffy United away um, last week and they were kind of making kind of jibes about how they're looking for a manager and, and Spurs are looking for a manager. We're in a in a much better position than them. We're, you know, better place to, to find a good manager. From the Spurs uh, point of view, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. And I'd be interested to get your feeling um, as as a Leeds fan on kind of the, the situation Spurs are in. And just quickly, I'm, I'm preparing for, for a stream next week. And I've kind of just made a quick list of, of all the managers we've been linked to in the last couple of weeks. And I have 28 so far, um, like genuine reports from actual news outlets that uh, we could be getting. What, what, what are your thoughts on Spurs? Like, obviously, I don't want to, <laughs> like a half an hour answer, but like general Spurs, how, how would you look at them from, from an outside point of view right now? It's a hard one, isn't it? Because I think the big thing with Spurs is the elephant in the room is Kane and Son and Bale, so to an extent, the way Bale's playing, you know, if he keeps up this hunger, because we all know Gareth Bale is going to be absolutely superb at the Euros for Wales. We all know what's going to happen. He's not, not going to turn up for Wales at the Euros. He's just warming up really well. So the interesting thing is, is what happens to those three players? You know, certainly Son and Kane, you know, in terms of they're at the peak now for me, in terms of age-wise, um, 
you've got to keep hold of him or at least keep hold of one and spend the money wisely on the other. You know, when, obviously, mm-hmm. when you saw Gareth Bale leave in the past and other big players like that, Cal um, Walker left a couple of years back as well, but you got big money for Cal Walker and I can't remember you spending that money particularly well. Um, there'll be other examples as well that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but there will be other examples. And that's what it's all about now. It's it's, it's, it's establishing what Spurs want to be. Obviously, I've seen um, Ralph Ragnac um, linked as well with the job. That's an interesting one because obviously I'd imagine he will want complete control with his background in, in terms of it'll be different to how the club's run at this moment in time. I think he would be more demand, demanding than the Pochettino. It'd probably be like managing the... Well, it won't quite be as bad as having to deal with Jose Mourinho kind of day-to-day complaining about things, but it would be different. So it'd be interesting. It's, it depends what Spurs want to be. I think, obviously, you look at Mason. Um, you know, you've seen the last couple of years, to be fair, at the, the top clubs that people like Ryan Mason getting opportunities. Obviously, Solskjaer at Man United, Lampard at Chelsea. Even Gerrard's been lit with Liverpool in a couple of years' mm-hmm. time. You, you've seen this becoming quite a big trend. Arteta at Arsenal. It'd be interesting if, if Mason does get Tottenham into the top four and you're looking at the options on the table, obviously, Ten Hag... It's probably the one that makes the most sense in terms of style of football, getting the best out of Ndombele, Son, Kane, playing a bit more of an expressive style of football, bringing through the young players, getting an identity about the club because Tottenham aren't going to spend the way out of this. Not going to be a Man City, not going to be a Man United. That's not what Daniel Levy does. And that's part of why I think you're totally right to want Enoch out because the, the ambition in terms of getting the very best in terms of talent and that look, getting the very best in terms of players. I'm not sure it's there at the minute, to be to be quite honest, from an outsider looking in, so I can understand mm. the frustration. Um, but yeah, it's a hard one because if Mason did get Tottenham into the top four and your other options are people like, you know, I'd be like Graham Potter in that lot. People you think, yeah, they could do a job, but you're probably just best off sticking with base. And if he does a decent job and he knows the club is a, mm. it's a short-term option. You might get a season out of him. Who knows? Um, it's interesting. It is really interesting. I think obviously so many different kind of names in that lot being mentioned, but I think there's only really one or two, you know, Ten Hag, Rogers, who are really, I was looking at and thinking they could get Tottenham into the top four with the current kind of situation Tottenham are in in terms of budget, like next season kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting. I, I think I don't think you'll get a Rogers to be honest, because obviously you look at the, what Leicester are building; they just got into the top four. It is a risk. It is a risk for someone like a Brendan Rogers or a Ten Hag, because let's be honest, Daniel Levy doesn't give managers a lot of time. You know, he even found yeah. a way to sack Pochettino. And you look what Pochettino did at the club. You know, Harry Redknapp went, Jose Mourinho went, Village Boas. You know. He's gone through a lot of managers as um, Daniel Levy. So it will be interesting. And I think that will make it difficult for um, Tottenham to attract the very best in terms of manager and the very best in terms of players and ultimately keep Son and Kane in the project. Look, Oscar, it's a really interesting take on, on the entire situation. So, so thank you for that. It is, again, from uh, an outside point of view, really interesting to hear. And I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. And one thing I haven't really thought of, which you brought up, is if it is going to be the likes of, of Graham Potter or Scott Parker that we're bringing in, we might as well stick with Ryan Mason. Um, and that, that is, a, again, a very interesting take. And Ryan Mason's it. as proven as, as those managers, really. I mean, Graham Potter and um, Scott Parker. I mean, yes, they got Scott Parker got a promotion. Graham Potter's done okay this season. But... 
really, it's not a big difference to me. You might as well stick with the manager who knows the players, who knows the young players, who's mm. still up and coming and gets the club a little bit. And I think that's what Tottenham need now, you know, in terms of he's got the Pochettinos about him, hasn't he, Mason, in terms of the way he's set Tottenham up so far. He's set them up to, he's got an idea of what he wants. It's not just gone into the job and thought, just try and get a couple of results here. There's actually mm-hmm. definitely an identity there about what he's trying to do. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think to, the best way to put it is Mason is setting us up to win, whereas in the past, Jose was setting us up to, to not lose, which are, are two very, very different things. And one of those is certainly not what the what the Spurs fan base want to hear. But look, Oscar, thank you so, so much for your time today. It is, uh, as always, greatly appreciated. Uh, do you want to give everyone a quick message as to where we can find you? I think you're muted there. You can find us on there, all these TV, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the socials are on TikTok as well now. Um, we do everything really. We do um, match previews, opposition preview. Of course, you will be joining me later on this evening, um, first evening um, on the opposition preview. We do watch-alongs, we do post-match reaction, player ratings, a bit of everything and stuff during the week as well. We cover Premier League games as well and, and before the whistle blows, which of course you've joined us on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so check us out, guys. All these TV on YouTube. Yeah, look, I, I highly recommend to everyone go over and check them out. You'll often find me in the in the comment section over there if I'm not uh, on the show, but uh, make sure to check out that uh, opposition preview, which will be uh, live on the channel as this has been uploaded. And before the whistle blows, it'll be uh, later tonight. At, is it 8 o'clock on Friday? 8 o'clock on Friday. Everyone, make sure to, to go over and check that out. Oscar, again, thank you so much for your time today. Everyone here, I'm sure you know what you're getting at this stage, but make sure to smash that subscribe button for uh, the Tottenham Managerial Pursuit uh, playlist, which is <laughs> getting new videos every single day at this stage. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Transfer Talk Series, more of the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast and Tottenham Watch Alongs. Make sure to smash a like in the video on your way out as well. It really helps us push this video uh, out to, to more and more people. And as always, thanks for watching. Podcast Network.